Welcome. I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're working our way through the book of 1 Corinthians. Today is episode 399. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 6 through 13. Let's read our passage. Now, brothers and sisters, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, nothing beyond what is written. The purpose is that none of you will be arrogant, favoring one person over another. For who makes you so superior? What do you have that you didn't receive? If in fact you did receive it, why do you boast as if you hadn't received it? You are already full. You are already rich. You have begun to reign as kings without us. I wish you did reign, so that we could also reign with you. For I think God has displayed us, the apostles, in last place like men condemned to die. We have become a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to people. We are fools for Christ, but you are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. Up to the present hour, we are both hungry and thirsty. We are poorly clothed, roughly treated, homeless. We labor working with our own hands. When we are reviled, we bless. When we are persecuted, we endure it. When we are slandered, we respond graciously. Even now, we are like the scum of the earth, like everyone's garbage. This is Paul's first letter to the Corinthian church. He is in Ephesus about five years after he founded the church in Corinth. He's received word there's problems in Corinth, so he's writing this letter to correct the problems there. The, The big problems is this competition they seem to be in with themselves. Who's the most spiritual? Who's got the most wisdom? Who's the greatest spiritual gift? Who is the best? And they are so full of themselves that it's very depressing. And they seem to be aligning with various leaders. Some say they're of Apollo. Some say they're of Paul. Some say they're of Peter. And what exactly they mean by that is hard to say. But they also seem to be criticizing Paul as an apostle and challenging his authority. So Paul's dealing with a lot with them, and he's already challenged them as far as them being apostles. That as apostles, they're appointed by God, they work for God, and only God can judge them. So they've got no business judging God's servants. So it continues here in verse 6. And and this phrase here, it's, it's a difficult Greek text. The original Greek is very difficult to translate, and so you can get some different nuances depending on how you translate it. The overall message comes through, but there's some nuances that can change. It says, Now, brothers and sisters, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos for your benefit, so that you may learn from us the meaning of the saying, nothing beyond what is written. This first part, brothers and sisters, I have applied these things to myself and Apollos. Some translators have come up with something pretty different to this, and even something like, I have transferred these warnings to myself and Apollos for the purpose of a covert illusion. And the words could, you can come up with that. So it's, it's hard to translate exactly the nuances he's trying to get. But the overall meaning is, he says, okay, all these things we've talked about and looking at Apollos and myself, 
what we're really trying to get across to you is this saying, nothing beyond what is written. Now, even that, not entirely clear what he's talking about, but I think it probably best is he is used several times, it is written, whenever he makes a scripture reference. And so that's probably what he's talking about here, nothing beyond what is written. Nothing beyond the scripture. He's been pulling out scripture passages. And the example of the apostles is they don't go beyond what is written. They don't go beyond the scriptures. They live within the boundaries of the scriptures. And the challenge for the Corinthians is don't go beyond the boundaries of the scriptures. We can say don't color outside the lines. And the lines are defined by the scriptures. And then it gives a purpose. The purpose is that none of you will be arrogant, favoring one person over another. The word arrogant in some translations gets translated as pride. And that's just it, of this puffing up one person more than another. Favoring one leader over another. Favoring one person in the church over another. That's what they're doing. And that's problematic. And he, he has given this argument that as apostles, we work for God, not you. So you have any business judging us. And it goes beyond that, this uh, arrogance that they have with themselves and one another. In verse 7, he says, For who makes you so superior? What do you have that you didn't receive? If in fact you did receive it, why do you boast as if you hadn't received it? He's got a who, what, and a why here. I ask them questions about what it is they think they're doing. If we were going to put that in plain English in our language, we'd say something like, well, who do you think you are? What kind of self-delusion is it that allows you to put yourself in a position to judge another person's servant? So Paul's pretty much blasting them here. He's, uh, he's putting them to shame that their actions are so outlandish here in the judgments they're making for one another, their judgments they're making for apostles, that they're really out of bounds. Verse 8. This can be taken two different ways. Some people take this and he says, you are already full, referring to the fact that you're in Christ, you already have everything. You are already rich. Same thing, you're in Christ, you already have the I go with the, the group that really puts this as pure sarcasm, where he says, you are already full, you are already rich. You've begun to reign as kings without us. And I wish you did reign so that we could also reign with you. I think he's pointing at the fantasy they live in, that they're so, have everything they need. They're so important. They're all, they've already arrived. And Paul says, okay, you're, you're acting like you're reigning as kings. I wish you were and we'd reign as kings with you, but you're not. I think he's painting this as the fantasy world they live in, and this is pure, unadulterated sarcasm. Verse 9, For I think God has displayed us, the apostles, in last place, like men condemned to die. We have become a spectacle to the world, both to angels and to people. This is reality. Verse 8, that was the fantasy world that the Corinthians live in. Verse 9 is the reality of where the apostles live. They have hard lives. 
they uh, have no fantasies of uh, being important. They know that it's a tough life that, that they've set upon. In verse 10, I think he's back to the sarcasm again here. We are fools for Christ. You are wise in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are dishonored. They're the apostles. They're the ones who were chosen by God, appointed by God, and were representatives of God and are judged by God and have authority given by God. And he is putting them at the bottom of the heap, put themselves as apostles there. We're fools for Christ. Well, foolish in the eyes of the world. And he, he owns that. Yeah, in the eyes of the world, we're idiots. We are fools, but we're fools for Christ in the world's eyes. He says, but you are wise in Christ. That's their fantasy world. They're so clever. He says, we are weak. We recognize that, but you guys think you're strong. And you guys think you're pretty distinguished. We think we're dishonored. He goes on talking about themselves as apostles in verse 11. Up to the present hour, we are both hungry and thirsty. We're poorly clothed, roughly treated, homeless. We labor, working in our own hands. So that's the condition that they are in as apostles. Then how they act. He says, when we're reviled, we bless. That is, when people treat us badly, we bless those who treat us badly. When we're persecuted, we endure it. We don't complain, we don't rebel, we endure. And verse 13, when we are slandered, we respond graciously. When people tell lies about us, we respond in a gracious way. Even now, we are like the scum of the earth, like everyone's garbage. And that goes along with what he was saying earlier. In the eyes of the world, Christianity is foolish. The things of God are foolish. So in the worldly scheme of things, the apostles are like the scum of the earth, like everyone's garbage. But it's been laying a lot of sarcasm here, I think, contrasting the reality that they live in with the fantasy world that the Corinthians live in. The Corinthians are in Christ, but they're sure not acting like it. They're not growing in their faith. They are full of themselves, and Paul's trying to jog their thinking. He is trying to shame them here. Okay, we're the apostles. You know, we, we got some authority here. We, we are the ones directly working for God here, sent by God. We're the ones that God sent to give you the gospel so that you can know God. We're the ones that perform miracles and things like that. With this, way, this is the way we live. And the, the way you guys live, that's just a fantasy that you're living. You're not rich in Christ. You're not full of wisdom. You're not wise in Christ. And if you would reorient your thinking, you would adopt thinking like us. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through 1 Corinthians.